Season 4, Episode 63, our weekend episode with my big dick, insane Florida nephew, Pancho Guero. You know, you know, it's amazing how much his masculinity expands when he gets a big dick. Have you noticed that? I think the bigger the dick, the bigger the masculinity. So, but, uh, hey, you know, look, he, if he can afford to have the dick, you know, that's, that's, do it. I, I, I can't wait to get out there and have a little Florida deck party sometime. But, uh, in, in any case, yeah, we're talking about big decks and <laughs> other big stories, um, as always. And, uh, and believe me, this is five-star stupidity. You're not going to find any other stupidity anywhere else. In fact, this will be the stupidest podcast you have ever heard. He's given a piece of his mind to so many people, it's a wonder he's got a mind left. It's insane Eric Lane's stupid world. voice of sanity in our insane world, or a voice of stupidity in our intellectual world, here's the host of this stupid world, Eric Lane. Well, welcome to my stupid world, where if you see something stupid, say something stupid. And all the stories that you are going to hear are all true. I've not even changed the names because, well, stupidity is fun. And that's the whole purpose of this podcast. Now, I don't endorse any of these stupid stories. I just tell you about them to keep you from being just as stupid, you see. And they're all five-star stupidities, too, I can promise you. So give it a five-star rating, if you don't mind. And if you have the time to, you know, hammer out a good, stupid review, please do that, too, on whatever podcast player that you're listening to this podcast on. Because when you rate and review the podcast, it makes it easy for others to search it out. Because you know people are out there searching for something stupid, right? And um, if you haven't done so, for crying out loud, subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. You don't want to miss any of the new stupid episodes that's still coming. And believe me, I can tell you there's some pretty good stupidity still coming for this particular weekend episode. And, um, oh, you can also, um, just a little, I guess, a podcast hack. If you're in crappy Wi-Fi or cell phone coverage areas and... You have to keep waiting for that thing to buffer. Quit streaming the podcast. Just download it to your device. And hopefully you're going to download it to a cool app that I use called Podcast Addict. It's a great little free uh, podcast player. You can also do two different types of paid versions as well. I decided to go with the paid version just because I really like it. But the free version is pretty good too. You can pick it up at your app store, by the way. And of course, you know, this is the weekend episode. There's also the uh, midweek bonus episode that comes usually on Wednesdays. So um, make sure you get all of your stupidity. You don't want to miss anything stupid, you know, because plenty of stupid criminals out there. And, um, you know, we had stories where stupid criminals crashed into the um, drunk driving signs. And, of course, the guy was drunk. Well, now we have a drunk driver crashing into a police department sign. And because we all know that drink, drinking and driving is stupid. But I guess the drunk drivers, they've just become even stupider than ever, especially this year. 
Take, for example, the 30-year-old Connecticut man named Mason Heath, who crashed his car into the Plainfield Police Department's entrance sign. He was speeding and driving recklessly. It's unclear if he was drunk or on drugs or both. He was charged with traveling too fast and failing to maintain the proper lane and operating under the influence of drugs or alcohol. Now, in the past few months, I think we've also heard about an impaired driver crashing into the impaired driver's sign, like I said. Then there's the drunk driver pulling over next to an officer who was arresting somebody else for DUI to complain about the police car lights being too bright. That was my favorite. Hey, officer, can you put the dimmer switch on your uh, police lights? It's a little bright for me to try to see how to weave down the road, huh? Yeah, well, here's the best one yet so far. And this is so obvious. But then again, for the criminals back in the back, uh, the number one rule of not being caught is don't attract attention to yourself, okay? That's a free tip from me. There's this 20-year-old man from New Jersey named Justin Miranda who was riding his motorcycle in Florida. And um, let's just say he had a hilarious fake license plate. It said, bend over. The, uh, The problem was, see, Justin was a fugitive who was wanted on a parole violation. And some officers noticed the vanity plate, thought it looked a little fishy, and went to pull him over. Justin then sped away from him, which that led them on a brief chase, blowing through red lights. And of course, as you would expect, he ended up crashing his bike. It sounds like he's going to be fine, but he's going to need to be hospitalized. Justin was charged with felony fleeing count, and um, he's probably looking at trouble in New Jersey where he's also wanted for that parole violation. Yeah, you know, when Big D in the A-Pod gets wind that this guy likes to bend over, his turd cutter will never be the same again. Hmm. (laughs) The cops knew the tag was fake when they saw the registration sticker was in the shape of a pot leaf with 420 under it. (laughs) Oh, I tell you, I got to admit, though, some of these stupid criminals are pretty entertaining, if not downright creative. Well, I doubt that this was the reaction that Starbucks was hoping for when they unveiled their new olive oil drinks. Boy, does that sound appetizing. Uh, Maybe not. People online were comparing these new drinks to laxatives. Yeah, a while back, see, Starbucks announced this new line of Oleato coffee. Oleato. Oh, doesn't that sound very frou-frou, huh? Now, each of these drinks come with a spoonful of olive oil. They're putting olive oil in your coffee. Supposed to be healthy. Is that sort of like the craze here a few years back where people were putting pads of butter in their coffee for being health, you know, for health reasons? Well, Starbucks is only selling them at select locations for now. So most people really haven't even tried them yet. But uh, the advice from people who have is you better make sure you're near a bathroom. Now, people are cracking jokes about it on social media. Like one person says, the oleato at Starbucks is a legit laxative. Other people have claimed that it gave them an upset stomach. And that the olive oil, well, the taste is just weird. There's also quite a few people who actually seem to like it. 
So maybe the laxative thing is overblown, but somebody did talk to a nutritionist who said that coffee plus olive oil could definitely get things moving down there because coffee itself is a stimulant that already has that effect to some degree. And just like castor oil, the olive oil can certainly help with um, being bound up. So it's kind of like a one-two punch. Actually, she says the effect might even be more dramatic if you had a oleato drink on an empty stomach. So, which is probably a good thing that I don't frequent Starbucks. So if you want to jazz up your coffee and jazz up your colon, I guess that might be a good thing to try. But there are a few ways to jazz up your morning toast. You can got you got the fancy bread, you got the cinnamon and sugar that you can add, or you know, spend the time to morph it into French toast or avocado toast or something. But now there's a new fascinating option. Add alcohol. Yeah, the latest food trend to go viral on TikTok. Vodka butter. And it's exactly like it sounds. Butter blended with vodka for that extra kick in the morning. Chef Carolina Gellin popularized it in a TikTok post a few months back. And, well, it's been picking up steam ever since. And it's pretty easy to make. You just soften two sticks of butter, put it in a food processor, and throw in three ounces of vodka. And then spread it on some toasted bread and top it off with something salty like anchovies, pickles, or capers. Along with a little black pepper and lemon zest. Mmm, yummy, yummy. That's a way to really kickstart your morning, right? And, you know, get a DUI on your way to work. So is the sound of somebody else cracking their knuckles irritating to you? I, I don't crack my knuckles, frankly. And, yeah, it's a little... It's a little bothersome when people do all the time. And if that's you... Well, I'm going to say this TikTok is going to be your worst nightmare. There's a 23-year-old guy in Sweden named Olli Lunden who just broke the world record for knuckle cracking, the most continuous cracking of different joints. I know some of you are kind of going, right? So the guy starts with his fingers. He moves then to his neck, his toes, his back, and eventually cracked 46 different joints in a row. Guinness posted a rapid-fire video where all 46 pops are condensed down to 12 seconds. Here's a little quick cut of Oli breaking the Guinness world record. And prepare yourself... Now, the previous record of 40 cracks was just set back a few months ago, but this one may not last long either because some people online are already claiming they can beat 46. How many, how many joints are in the human body? This could be really annoying after a while. Well, talked about this last week with my insane Ford and F.U. Pancho Guero, um, where police in Carroll Township this is in Pennsylvania. They get a call about seeing a stolen bus being driven by a guy by the name of Tony Saunders, which is down in the Harrisburg, PA area, in a little town called Dillsburg, about 7 o'clock in the morning. Pennsylvania State Police in the Gettysburg uh, barracks reported the same stolen bus and to be on the lookout, especially in York and Adams counties. 
office, uh, officials say the officers on patrol spotted the stolen bus driving through a giant foods and Rite Aid parking lot. The school bus then turned west onto West Sidensburg Road and entered U.S. 15 North. Authorities say they later caught up to Saunders, and at first, officers say the bus pulled over near the Pennsylvania Turnpike, but then shortly after that pulled away, and that began a police chase. Authorities say the bus later passed an exit for Lower Allen Drive and then exited the highway. And at this point, police say Saunders then drove over a berm, which almost flipped the bus. Saunders then drove the vehicle onto Gettysburg Drive and turned into a nearby neighborhood where he exited the bus and ran from the police. Officers say that as Saunders ran, he began stripping off his clothes until he was fully buck naked, running through numerous parking lots and busy traffic areas. Well, that's a good way to start your day. Police say Saunders was then arrested, nude, and later admitted to taking the bus earlier after crashing a BMW. Now, according to the law enforcement, Saunders also admitted to placing a dead deer inside the bus and was attempting to drive it back to his home to use as fertilizer for his garden. Can this get any more weird? Well, Saunders is currently being held at the York County Prison for fleeing an officer, receiving stolen property, reckless driving, and resisting arrest. I don't know, is this some new TikTok challenge? I mean, I'm no mental expert here. No mental health expert by a long shot. But I'd say looking at the progression of the events here, I have to believe Mr. Saunders really, really loves his garden. What do you think? Well, we got a psychology high school teacher in Florida who got himself fired after he delivered a lesson where he made his students write their own obituaries. This was reported by Fox 35. A teacher at Dr. Philip, Dr. Phillips High School in Orlando, his name is Jeffrey Kane. He got fired over a lesson plan where he asked the students to write their own obits in an effort to teach gun safety. Now, in short, Keen asked the class to put themselves into an active shooter situation, which would help them write about dealing with mortality as if they were dealing with a hypothetical event. Uh, Keen tells the outlet if they died 24 hours from now, what would they do differently than they did yesterday? And that's to show them what's important in the world. It wasn't to say you're going to die, so let's stretch you out. Keen says he even included a disclaimer at the bottom of the page of the lesson, reminding students that this is in no way to upset you. Well, an upset student reported Keen's lecture to a counselor who then spoke with a supervisor, which then resulted in Keen getting fired. When they said that you're having the option to resign without violating your contract, I said I didn't do anything wrong. I said, if I did, tell me what it is. Kane explained all this to Fox 35. They said, well, we can't do that. And Kane said, well, in that case, since I don't know what I did wrong, you can go ahead and terminate me without cause. Now, Kane is planning to appeal his termination. I don't know about you, but that's some weird psychology. You know what I'm saying? Well, it's a real major inconvenience when your fridge stops working and all the food spoils. But that's small potatoes next to what happened to one North Carolina woman whose fridge exploded. Yes, uh, the owner of the fridge is 
Leonor Satterthwaite. Leonor Satterthwaite. Leonor says, I was on the computer, and I thought it was an earthquake. It was so loud, and I came in, and the doors were on the floor. The force was so great, it damaged her stove, her walls, and her furniture. Satterthwaite called 911 right away, and the firefighters responded. The person, County Fire Marshal, told a TV station WTBD there was no evidence of an electrical fire or anything else in the house causing the event, saying whatever happened came from the refrigerator, but the exact cause could not be determined. Satterthwaite said that she had bought the Frigidaire uh, last fall, and just days before that it exploded, she said the uh, Frigidaire folks sent a technician to her home when she requested a warranty repair since the refrigerator was making this loud noise. He said, well, this is your problem. He had the freezer part all apart and said the fan wasn't working properly to keep the temperature regulated, so he had to order a fan, according to what Satterwhite had said. But then days later, before the repair could happen, her refrigerator exploded. Satterwhite's uh, homeowner's insurance covered the cost of the damage, and when WTVD-TV reached out to Frigidaire, a representative said in part, Consumer safety is our top priority. We have reached out to Ms. Satterwhite to understand more. We're actively reviewing her product and service information records. Now, Satterwhite said that she's thankful no one was in the kitchen when it happened. She said, I'd hate for someone to go through what I'm going through. I could have gotten seriously hurt. Wow. An internal combustion fridge. Okay, so uh, did your parents or your friends' parents have any really weird rules when you were growing up? I know I had a few friends whose parents were a little bit different, and they had some interesting rules. Well, somebody online asked people to name some of the weirdest rules that they had as kids. And um, (coughs) we've got some highlights. Here's one. A mom told her kids not to cover their mouths when they coughed or sneezed because she didn't want them to get their hands dirty. A kid was not allowed to use the word fart. He had to call them fluffs. And a kid's mom thought drinking more than one glass of water a day would, quote, dilute the nutrients in their body. So after one glass, the kids had to drink seven up. (laughs) The guy's parents still enforced his bedtime when he was in his 20s. He partied at a friend's house for his 21st birthday and had to call his dad at 8 p.m. to say he was going to bed. Obviously, he secretly stayed up later than that. Here's another one. A kid's very religious parents would not let him watch SpongeBob SquarePants because they thought the holes in SpongeBob's body would induce, quote, lustful thoughts. Oh, yeah. You you can know that when I see SpongeBob, I'm lusting like you wouldn't believe. Here's another one where a kid's grandfather wouldn't let them finish their leftover cereal milk by drinking it straight from the bowl. They had to finish it off with their spoon. And a couple kept running a tab or kept a running tab of all the money they spent on their kids for 18 years. I mean, they covered everything. They delineated food costs, clothing costs, sports equipment costs, and told the kids they'd eventually have to pay them back. But when they graduated, the parents um, cleared their tab and said 
That's your graduation gift. Gee, thanks, Mom. Thanks, Dad. Hmm. Yeah, well, wait till you get to your 25th wedding anniversary. Wait till you see what I'm going to give you. Yeah. Another one used Kleenex, and it had to be flushed. You could not put Kleenexes in the trash. You have to flush your Kleenexes. Or a girl's mom made all of her friends wear socks in the swimming pool. Because she was paranoid, everybody had planter warts. <laughs> and finally, one girl's mother took the don't swim after eating rule to the extreme. She also had to wait at least 30 minutes to take a bath. She didn't realize it was weird until she finally was an adult. I think most of these kids will end up probably on a daytime talk show somewhere. Well, if you're stealing something that requires assembly, it's probably a good idea to wait until you are away from the scene uh, of that crime to try to assemble it. But um, what if the thing that you stole is also your getaway vehicle? Mm, that could be problematic, especially for a 28-year-old man in Florida who got himself arrested when he shoplifted a $540 Razor electric scooter from Target. Now, surveillance video shows the man going into the Target around noontime, putting the scooter in a cart, rolling it outside without paying for it. An employee saw the whole thing happen, called the cops. The cop shows up. The man is right there, still on the sidewalk outside the store, putting the scooter together. <laughs> he didn't have a car, so apparently he wanted to put the scooter together and then make his getaway. Obviously, the man was arrested for shoplifting and possession of drug paraphernalia. Of course, that has to be included. He reportedly told the police he was homeless and grabbed the scooter because he needed a way to get around. <laughs> uh, gee, um, how about feet? That works for a lot of people. Well, you may soon be able to catch up with friends and relatives who have passed away on your computer. Yeah, that's true. Dr. Pratik Desai, he's a Silicon Valley computer scientist. He has founded multiple artificial intelligence platforms, and he is boldly predicting that a human being's consciousness could be uploaded onto digital devices by the end of the year. He says, start regularly recording your parents and elders and loved ones. He's putting this out on a Twitter thread that's now, so far, has racked up more than 5.7 million views and tens of thousands of responses. He goes on to say, with enough transcript data, new voice synthesis, and video models, there's a 100% chance that they will live forever with you after leaving the physical body, according to Desai. He goes on to say this should even be possible by the end of the year. Hmm. Uploading a person's consciousness would probably involve saving videos, voice recordings, documents, photos of the person you want to reimagine to your computer. These compiled assets would then be uploaded into an AI system that would learn as much as it could about the deceased individual. I think the word I'm looking for here is creepy. I don't know. Is it me or does this sound straight out of the twilight zone? I mean, forget this chat GPT thing who's doing, going to be doing your English homework for you. You can now preserve grandma, you know? Unless, of course, um, your hard drive locks up. That's going to be a problem. Well, there's a 25-year-old tomb 
that was recently unearthed in Italy with a rare last meal still inside, according to local media reports. Now, the tomb, which was discovered about 70 miles northwest of Rome, was built by the Etruscans, a mysterious civilization that inhabited the Italian peninsula before the Romans, according to the news release from the Parco de Volxi in Archaeological Park. The necropolis was enclosed by large stone slabs that had been undisturbed since its construction in 6th century BC, according to the Italian news site called Greenme. Upon finding the centuries-old burial chamber, Archaeologists were at a loss for words, according to Greenmead. Upon excavating the ancient tomb, archaeologists found pottery and a brazier. That's believed to have belonged to a woman based on the presence of a weaving tool and a piece of pottery, according to the park. And also found inside the tomb were the remains of a last meal, a rare and unusual discovery, according to TGR, the Italian news outlet. Now, coals and even a spit were found inside of a bronze brazier, a cooking pan, also according to TGR. The utensils would have been used to make meat skewers. And, well, this is kind of weird. They also found a receipt from Uber Eats. (laughs) Oh, and they found dessert, too. Yeah, a perfectly preserved Twinkie. Completely fossilized. I don't know. No, no. We had a passenger who was forcibly removed from his flight after being asked repeatedly by the crew to exit. Apparently, the man requested a pre-flight cocktail, but he was denied, and that prompted a meltdown all over a gin and tonic. Now, the anonymous passenger supposedly requested the pre-flight cocktail, but was denied the request, and then during his meltdown, the man started blubbering as he was then handcuffed on the jet bridge. In the five-minute long clip of the debacle that was posted in a viral Reddit thread, the man seated in first class is arguing with airport personnel. Now, they attempted to coax the passenger to leave, informing him that the pilot requested his removal multiple times. The American Airlines traveler, according to the travel blog View from the Wing, asks what he's done to prompt his removal. And the two men, who appear to be officers, argue that he was, quote, not being respectful by arguing with the flight attendant. Now, in that clip, frustrated passengers could be heard yelling at the man to just get off the aircraft as he remains seated, unwilling to budge. And at one point, he even pulls out his phone to record the altercation, which is promptly removed from his hand. Now, here's the sobbing man getting forced off that American Airlines flight. You stole my phone? You stole my phone? I'm allowed to record. Give me my phone. Okay, I'll get up. Stop. Get up. Stop. 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 The officers are attempting to wrangle the man into handcuffs in the aisle, eventually resorting to forcefully grabbing the passenger, yanking him out of his seat as he screams out to stop. After being run off the plane, officers push the man against the jet bridge wall to handcuff him as he wails and falls to the ground, losing a sneaker in the process. According to Nerd Wallet, a key feature of American Airlines' first-class service is the pre-departure beverage offerings. However, the reason for denying this man a drink is still unclear. 
Now, the New York Post tried to reach out to American Airlines for comment. The passenger asked if he had committed a crime. And the U.S. Department of Transportation says there doesn't need to be a crime to prompt a traveler's removal from an aircraft. In fact, airlines can deny boarding or remove a passenger entirely if the reason is due to, quote, safety, security, or health risk, or due to a behavior that is considered obscene, disruptive, or otherwise unlawful. So basically, if you're going to be a stupid jerk and ask for your pre-flight cocktail, you're going to get taken off the plane. (laughs) Well, it was a scary scene at a Massachusetts elementary school after at least 10 kids were sent to the hospital due to a run-in with very spicy gum. That was bubble gum. Measured at 16 million Scoville units, which is comparable to pepper spray. (laughs) First responders from five communities were called to the Dexter Park School in Orange, Massachusetts, to respond to a situation where officials say they've never seen anything like this before in Western Massachusetts. In fact, here's one of the students and the fire chief, James Young Jr., talking about what exactly happened. A little crazy. I got a little scared about all of it. Which is uh, equivalent to basically what's commonly referred to as pepper spray. So it's a very spicier hot agent that the kids were exposed to. It can cause skin irritation as well as respiratory and um, airway inflammation. The students were hospitalized after one student brought extremely hot bubble gum to recess. This gum is actually sold over the counter at popular online retailers, including Amazon. Now, one parent tells the Western Mass News, WGGB, WSHM TV, that her daughter was one of the six children taken to the hospital in an ambulance. While she did not want to be featured on camera, she did add that her daughter only smelled the gum and her cheeks were extremely red and swollen. Officials added that it's important that conversations take place between parents and children across Western Massachusetts about these kinds of situations. Got to monitor the gum that your kids are taking to school nowadays, you know? Yeah, well, you know, if I had that when I was a kid, I can only imagine I would probably still be in school because I'd be held back so many years. You know, everybody has a little stupidity in their world, and frankly, I would like to hear about it, okay? If you've maybe got a great stupid story from your stupid world, maybe you just want to respond to one of mine. I'd like to hear about it. Let me hear from you. You can contact me easily just by email at shoutout at insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E, or if you got a question or a comment about something that you've heard on the podcast or something that... Pancho Guerro has said on the podcast, or maybe you just want to tell me of some firsthand experience of some stupidity you've encountered, well, let me know. I want to hear from you. I might uh, even use your comments on an upcoming episode. So record a message for me at podcast.insaneericlane.com and uh, give me your feedback, okay? Um, And by the way, if you haven't done so already, and I just can't imagine why you haven't already, Follow me on social media. You can look me up on Facebook or Twitter by searching out the handle Insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E.
you better be ready for me today. I'm coming with big deck energy this week. <laughs> yeah, you've had all that energy building that nice big Florida man deck in back of your house. <laughs> more, more like all the energy working to pay for someone else to build it the right way. <laughs> I, I would love to have been able to build it myself, but I don't think I'd have the time or the expertise. Yeah, <clears throat> there's only so much you can do you know, with your, with your skill set, I guess. Right. Oh yeah. I, I, well, I think it's more like every, every small problem that this guy encountered would have been big problems for me. Cause it, it would yeah. be a new thing to yeah. learn a whole thing about. And then, you know, so I'd be teaching myself 10 lessons throughout the whole, yeah. you know, yeah. Thing. so well, we, we officially have our big deck back there. Yeah. Well, you, you could so title we're... this episode, Pancho Guero's big deck. <laughs> Hey, my deck is bigger than your deck. I just want you to. <laughs> now, now this is the case now. Before hey, I was decks, but I grew up. Now that I don't have a pair of decks, but you know. Uh huh. Right. 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 Unfortunately, my deck is—it's not like a swinging deck either. I was thinking about using that, but then I thought it wouldn't be accurate. <laughs> it's just nice and sturdy. Well, that's good. You know, you got a nice big deck in the shade. You know, th this is what's going on at my house right now. Okay, right now we're we suddenly hit summer in Pennsylvania. I mean, literally, it it feels like it's summer. And, and so for Florida, that would be like early spring. Okay, but for oh, Pennsylvania, yeah, yeah. I, we, we've hit second pollen season so far. Now, uh, yeah, I'm, this week I'm feeling all the allergies. I was feeling like a month or more ago. It's uh, all back, same yeah, as yeah. what it was. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So so yeah so it's 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 nice and warm. I don't think we have switched over our heat pump from from heat to cool yet. We're kind of waiting to see. We're in that in between period, you know. So we just have it shut off and some windows open or something like this. Okay. So the scene right now, as I'm coming to record down in my man cave, is we've got Grandma sitting on the on the couch with her nose in the paper, which she does, and she gets six times more mail than we ever get. Most of it is either. <laughs> junk mail or people asking for money and she reads every single <laughs> punctuation mark in every piece oh, of mail goodness. yes so she's yeah, sitting I, on the I couch the <laughs> well she she's sitting on the couch reading all this mail my wife has the tv set to the waltons okay <laughs> and she's snoring that that that's our life right there okay so you, you've got you know John Boy and all the Waltons on TV. Grandma's reading everything, and my wife is snoring, and the cats are sunning themselves in the sun. So that's a typical life in Eric Lane's home. <laughs> now that all the kids that are gone. Exciting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, yeah, I think I would, I think I'd much rather like to come and try out your deck, frankly. Oh, oh, it's good. I've I've been waiting. It's been raining every day now, so we've only oh, wow. really gotten one day on it. Yeah, uh, but we've got patio furniture coming in the mail. Yeah, and um, now we won't be able to stay in it for at least like three months. Right, and so right. That'll, that'll take some time, I think, to actually you know start well, to see it really come now, together. But are you going to get? Uh, you, you've had you've had one birthday party now so far, right? You've had your birthday party. Yeah, well, I, we we don't really have like birthday parties for us anymore. Okay, um, we we do have uh, little Poncho's birthday coming up. That, so that, you can he, have he's already turned three, but. We wanted to have it in the backyard with the deck, so we, yeah. we had to make sure. That, um, so you know, his is a little delayed this year, but okay, we're we'll getting a big blow up, bouncy kind of slide thing that's oh, as nice. tall as our house, and, and yeah. we'll have 
So that. so we we're, we're getting we're getting a little Pancho is moving to three years old. He's he's coming out of the terrible twos. Would that be accurate? Oh oh yeah, but the, the threes don't seem to be that much easier. So far. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, we have found the terrible twos seem to stick around till about ten. Oh no! Don't say that. Um, <laughs> I will say, you know, over just the last week since he's been three, yeah, the number of questions—I I should say—the same question, "Why?" Yes, has gone up exponentially. Yes. I mean, like, yes, that's it right. is just through the roof right now. The the why question? Why? Why is and it also, that this is the one word that most of the toddlers learn first? My kids were the same way. It's like, can you learn another word except why? Oh yeah, um, and, and you know the the tantrums and stuff—they haven't really gone away either. Oh, they, <laughs> no, that, like, like you mean you mean like going to bed tantrums? Oh, absolutely, that's a big one. Yeah, yeah, we had one of those the other night. There was a nap time <laughs> tantrum today. Yeah, <laughs> and then just constantly throughout the day, just you know, hitting his arm on something because he's flinging him around. Yeah. Hits his head on something because he's just like a floppy, you know. Yeah. I'm going to just throw my head back on the couch and boom, right on the windowsill. Oh, yeah. Um, so he's eating and he bites his lip. Like there's every some days, it seems like every hour, there's yeah. at least one thing that makes him cry and just yeah. go off on some kind of thing, whether it's a punishment, him not wanting to do something, him not wanting to eat dinner, bedtime, or just being clumsy. Well, the um, one story we like to tell about my youngest son when he was about the same age as little Pancho. And honestly, this is something that you couldn't have scripted any better for like a, a Saturday morning cartoon. Okay. We're, and my, my, my youngest son, he, he was, had an attachment to his blanket. And he carried this blanket with him everywhere we went. And, and so now our house sits on a basement. So we've got these, you know, support poles down through the basement and the garage throughout the middle of the thing. And so we pull into our garage, which is under our house. And then we walk through the basement to come up into the house. So we're coming back from somewhere. And my youngest son, he's goofing off like he is prone to do. And is decides he gets out of the car and he's going to walk into the basement part of the house. And he throws his blanket over his head, acting goofy. And he starts wandering through the basement. And within minutes, for some reason, he manages to find one of those metal support poles. And so here's a kid walking through the basement with a blanket over his head and crowns himself on one of these support poles. And you hear this lovely C-sharp note. Bang! Oh. <laughs> and then he starts, he's, he then wails and cries. And I'm too busy laughing because it's honestly, he throws the blanket on, walks into the basement and right into a metal pole. And oh. it, it had the sound effects. It had everything. And I'm sitting there cracking up laughing and that makes him cry even more when he, then, he, then he gets into a tantrum because i'm laughing at him <laughs> so yes we are used to tan we're, we're beyond the tantrum stage but you're probably in the throes of the tantrum stage right now oh oh yeah i'm, I'm in the throes for sure and you know your oldest is just a shy from the um, the the tantrum yes. phase. Of the That's right. That's right. To enjoy watching him go through the whole thing. I can hardly but, wait. Uh, I've got my popcorn already. <laughs> I will say it is fun. Like so, it shouldn't anyone who hasn't had kids yet. It's worth it. It's enjoyable, but it is a new set of challenges for sure. And so, <laughs> um, you got you, you do find things to laugh about. So I, I had to pick this out when I saw this. 
just thinking about this essentially encapsulating what my life looks like right now. <laughs> this was parents, uh, I guess, revealing the weird reasons that kids throw tantrums. Hmm. And kind of on cue, you might hear little Poncho chime in with some crying in the background right now that I'm here <laughs> for sound so, effects. This is great. I know. Yeah, it's, uh, you, you, we'll call it sound effects and, and intentional. Um, <laughs> I, if the screaming child in the background does not. Um, you know, I guess what, uh, explain it. Parenting, accentuate, accentuate. Ex- that's a good word. I like that. See, that's you. You've been around <laughs> a lot longer than me to learn. Um, oh, look, point is parenting isn't easy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, case in point, there, there's a new poll that finds parents of a dis- disagreement with their child every other day. Now I, uh, every other day, I'm like, that sounds great. <laughs> um, it's every day for me at some point. Yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, but I will say we tend to have like a good days and bad days and, and that right. tends to balance out at least in that way. So I, I can give that. Um, well, the survey of a thousand moms and a thousand dads with kids under the age of five finds that their average, uh, the average parent compromises with their child about four times per week. Oh. Now, I, I mean, I'm wondering what the compromise is. Like uh, yeah. if, if there's a tantrum going on, then the compromise is we'll spend the time in your room giving the tantrum. Yeah. You know, that for me, at least, I think, look, you go to your room to calm down. Right. It's not even a punishment. You just need a space to calm down for a little bit. But it's going to feel like a punishment, I guess. Um, Right. Well, moms were more likely than dads to let their kids go to bed later. And that sounds about right. I I will say you can tell the difference whenever dad is leading the the bedtime charge at the house (laughs) than when mom is. Um, that was 59% versus 48% that is. Uh, yeah. Now, dads find themselves bargaining more over bath time, 37% versus 28%. And then when the battle rages on, however, parents are ready to step up to the plate. Hmm. The survey found that 6 in 10 claim that they have mastered bath time, quote-unquote. That's 61%. <laughs> Bedtime routines at 59%. Morning routines at 58%. And snuggling and bonding time at 58%. Uh, percent there now conducted by one poll on behalf of baby magic results also show that dads have a slight edge over moms when it comes to tantrum control 45 percent versus 42 now i'd say i think the percentage of control in our house is is more like at least a 70 30 maybe oh i've got got much better tantrum control um Mm. I guess, yeah. It put on, like, the riot gear, basically. And, and just, um, <laughs> well, no, anyway, uh, there were three and four respondents, 74%, saying that their children have thrown a temper tantrum in the last month. Um, I, I'm surprised that's not 100% in terms of at least one tantrum in there. We get one a day at this point yeah. right now. Um, but we're like, you know, if we get on it now, the idea is that in the future, it will make things easier in the long run. Yes. Um, well, the average child, they say, throw a little over four per week. Now, that sounds more like it to me, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, my thing is, see, when you have both of our kids, because our kids are like 18 months apart. So that was at one point you almost had dual tantrums going on. And so part of what I had to do was to control the dual tantrums before mom started throwing a tantrum on top of it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will say I have noticed that too. Sometimes you're like, all right, you got to stop this before it goes to a different place. Choose the <laughs> battles, and and I will say, like, if it's not mom that's losing your mind, it might be dad that's losing. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think that it works out that not like both parents don't lose it at the same time. Right. I think that somehow somehow that balances out and works that way. My favorite is the parent whenever the kid throws this big tantrum in the middle of and and this takes some some chutzpah to do this, okay? But if your kid throws a tantrum, you know, in the bread aisle of the supermarket, then join them. Just get on the floor and kick your feet and scream and carry on right next to him. I guarantee you it will make him stop throwing the tantrum and look at you. Of course, the entire supermarket will be looking at you as well, but it will stop the tantrum. <laughs> this sounds like something that you would try to pull. For sure. <laughs> I, I can see like biting his ear. Like what, what is it they say? Like with the dog, you know, bite, yeah. bite the ear if, um, you know, for dominance or something. Like. That's it. That's it. But, you know, nothing says tantrums like whenever I was a kid and we'd get, you know, get together. I would, I would pester my, my parents all the time to play Monopoly. And then my dad would agree. We'd sit down for a game of Monopoly. And first thing he would do is buy Park Place or Boardwalk. And then I'd throw a tantrum because I was going to lose. And I wanted to win. You know, I think Monopoly. He, he had those lucky dice rolls to just get it. Yeah. You know, and I'd go to jail and he'd end up getting Park Place or something, you know. But I think really when you grow up out, out of childhood, when you play Monopoly, I think that is the number one trigger tantrum trigger I've ever seen. More people have lost it over Monopoly. <laughs> C- case in point, okay, in Belgium, a little municipality in Belgium, uh, it's called Forest. They had a fight broke out that bet- came out between two men. They were both had to be taken to the hospital, okay, uh, because they both contained or sustained cuts from a katana sword. That reason for the fight was a late night game of Monopoly gone wrong, according to the local news agency, La Libra. I thought this was just your average game of Monopoly. The the average game of Monopoly, correct. The samurai sword being pulled out by someone. The samurai sword makes it even that much more stupid. So the the incident (laughs) all started (laughs) when a group of four people we're playing the board game on the on the pavement out in front of the house, disturbing the occupant of the house who came out in an attempt to move him away from his house. I don't who would play Monopoly in the middle of the driveway of the house. I don't know. But after an argument got started, the resident's son came out to defend his father, armed with a concealed samurai sword. So in the ensuing me- melee. The, the, the case in which the katana sword was stored and damaged, exposing the blade and in the process, injuring both the son and one of the Monopoly players. So the, the Brussels Midi Police Zone confirmed that the men had to be subsequently taken to the hospital. And while the board game player only suffered minor injuries, he was released both from the hospital and from police arrest. The son who owned the sword is now currently in a life-threatening condition after the blade struck one of his arteries all because they were playing Monopoly in front of a person's house, you know? So this just let this be a lesson to you. I mean, first, you need to ask permission. And second, don't come to a Monopoly game armed with samurai swords or any other kind of weapon that can be used whenever you have a tantrum over something about the game. Yeah, every time I play Monopoly, at least one person leaves with a flesh wound, so... (laughs) You know, that's... Or the tape, the, the 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 board gets thrown into the floor, and the money goes everywhere, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I love board games. I will, I will say, um, whether it, it be something basic like Monopoly, or you get to something that's more complicated, like uh, 
Um, well, gosh, man, I don't know. Like, I, I, I used to play Axis and Allies a oh, bunch yeah. back, back in like uh, high school. As, as we I remember as that game. Yeah, I'd get together with a bunch of buddies, and we we it would take about an hour just to prep the board to give everybody right. an idea. Like, we get there on seven. We get snacks. We've all brought like cheese balls and soda yep. and things. And and you prep from like seven to eight, and then eight o'clock yep. we all commence a very gentlemanly war. Five yeah. people, you know, three versus two on there. And and then like we kick out the other team. Sometimes you just have like meetings, like a, like a war room, basically, right. while we conduct business. I guess. And if it was a short game, we would probably end around three in the morning, maybe oh. two. Uh, wow. A long game might take us to five. And and um. Wow. <laughs> this is this is a wow. long time ago for me at this point. Um, you know, wow. it, probably 17 plus years ago, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for those kind of things. Um, luckily with with those they they was in our neighborhood, so I didn't have to drive home. Uh, yeah. Know, at that hour. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I think if you are going to be driving uh, you, as long as you're not in Palm Beach, Right. Uh, then you, know, you might have at least a more normal car wreck if, if you True. do get into any trouble there. Um, but this this has to be the, the most Palm Beach car accident ever, I okay. think. Um, all right, so just imagine this as you hear. Uh, there's a Palm Beach woman. She drives her Royals Royce through a backyard, knocking over a $3 million statue, <laughs> and then plowed through a landscape fence and seawall before coming to rest with the front end on on the sandy uh, Florida shore. Oh, geez. Now, the Palm Beach Post reports that the 66-year-old motorist, who was not identified, told police that she had no memory of the hours before she found her luxury sedan dangling off the five-foot seawall. But authorities said that she did not appear intoxicated and was not seriously injured. So... How it all happened, I don't know, but I would be claiming amnesia as well if I just destroyed a $3 million statue and who knows how much money worth of other stuff uh, right. along the way. So, uh, you know, meanwhile, whatever struggles you've got going on, at least you don't live in Palm Beach. Yeah. Now, uh, what I think, this is all the makings of like a, a kicking farmer's insurance commercial, right? <laughs> you know, so here's my question. How wealthy do you have to be to spend $3 million bucks? on a statue for the backyard. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Exa well, uh, apparently rich enough to live in Palm Beach. Right, I mean, I, I, I built a deck for pennies on a $3 million statue. Yeah, that way. yeah, mm. you know, yeah, absolutely. You know, so, but the nice thing about the fact if you do live in Palm Beach, you're far enough away from the Canadian border to be safe from wild super pigs that could be coming into the U.S. I mean, this this really sounds like a, a bad B movie or something. I, I don't know. But this is really true. I could not believe this. But super apparently, there, yeah, super pigs. And we're not talking about something, you know, from a warped Marvel comic strip or something. This is a cross between a domestic pig and a wild boar. Now, I'm not sure who thought of breeding, crossbreeding something like this, but it was bred in Canada. Apparently they don't have a lot of spare time in Canada, but um, this was done decades ago. And now uh, some of these super pigs escaped captivity and they yeah. are spread, they've spread throughout the country. 
Can you imagine in nice, docile Canada, we've got, you know, invasive super pigs that are roaming throughout the country, wreaking havoc on native species and crops. Okay. But now they're drifting south and making their way into the U.S. Okay. I never thought maybe is this is this a secret way that Canada is going to try to take over the United States? <laughs> you know, okay. I mean, you got you got China. Yeah, they're trying to take over the beef up their Canadian their their bacon, quote unquote. You know, <laughs> beef up the Canadian bacon. But <laughs> you, you got China trying to take over the U.S. with TikTok. I guess Canada is going to take over the U.S. with super pigs or something. But Ryan, Ryan Brook, he's a wildlife researcher and professor at the University of Saskatchewan. He studied these pigs for more than a decade. He tells the insider that they are the worst invasive large mammals on the planet, period. And they're coming out of Canada. Okay. So these European wild boars that are actually brought to the Great White North back in the 1980s, to introduce a new and exotic pork product that could be uniquely marketed and served at those upscale restaurants, maybe at those restaurants that you might find in Palm Beach, Florida. <laughs> but as the as the boars started popping up on farms across Canada, they were then crossbred with the domestic pigs to make the swine bigger and a bit more prolific. Nothing, there's nothing that you want more than a prolific pig. Okay, <laughs> I guess. Prolific. Yeah, super yeah. swine, prolific Super pigs. swine, yeah, make up your own. The new pigs could also grow thick furry coats, which would equip them to survive the exceptionally cold Canadian winters, which can bring weeks of negative double-digit temperatures. But there was a small problem, see. The, uh, the traits that made the super pigs desirable for the meat market also made them a living nightmare once they <laughs> escaped. <laughs> the breeders basically turbocharged the wild boar with all the things that make it a really successful invasive species, which Brooks is saying. He also adds the wild boar alone would have been a problem, but the super pigs are much worse. So I don't know. I don't know. Here's the thing about super pigs. Okay. I know they probably make some kicking bacon. I'm, I, I don't doubt that. Okay. But instead of kryptonite, I guess super pigs are now rendered powerless by soap. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Um, so we we got super pigs. Uh, we've got what? What is it like the African like killer bee? That, the, the, that's that right. The the, the, the 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 killer bees. I forget what they were called, but yeah. I, and they're I, like I, I forget the, the name of it. I've heard that much about them lately. But uh, right. you know, I, I guess it's only a matter of time before every animal that we know of becomes super sensed. I guess. Yeah, um, really. Turbocharged. Um, I, uh, but I can you imagine I, I, waking up one day and finding not a elk or a bison or buffalo in your front yard, but you have a super pig at your house? Pig. I'm I'm just glad that the cats that that you know think that they could just like hang out in my backyard yeah. aren't aren't like pumas or, or bobcats or something. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's the last thing I need is like super armadillos or well, or, uh, you better watch you know, out though. You know, you still live in Florida. You still might have an invasion of wild, you know, flesh eating monkeys or something. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. Oh, man. Um, yeah, <laughs> it'll, it'll be like Reese's pieces, monkeys or something or pieces, monkeys. <laughs> um, but um, I, you know, I, I will say that, uh, 
if they start tracking, you know, these super pigs to be able to figure out where they are and, and how to kind oh, of yeah. control the population, then, uh, you know, I've got an idea of where you can maybe send them to. Okay. Uh, okay. So this, and I think this is hilarious. I, I know you don't have an iPhone. I do. Um, yeah. You know, the iPhone has got like the, this uh, feature on it that's find my phone. If you lose it. Right. You, you can yep. essentially find it still. Like if you got a watch or, you know, another kind of product or something, you could track it like with your Apple products. Well, what do you do if someone showed up at your front door claiming that Apple's find my phone app shows that their missing Apple product is in your house, hmm. right? They're accusing you basically of like stealing their, their iPod or their, well, I guess wow. it's iPods, but their, their iPhone, their, their Mac book or something. Um, right. Well, there's a man in Texas that says that there's some kind of glitch in Apple software causing multiple angry people to show up at, at his house <laughs> looking for their lost or stolen phones. Now, his name is Scott Schuster, and it's happened about a dozen times over the past year. So if you've oh. lost an Apple product, go to Scott's house. He's probably got it. Um, <laughs> for some reason, the, the Find My Phone app's GPS is directing people to his house. Oh, but gosh. he does not have their stuff. He says <laughs> that he's he's trying to get Apple to figure out what's going on, but they haven't done anything. So now he's getting the local news involved. <laughs> he, he showed them footage from his doorbell camera of the people who showed up demanding their phones and even threatening him. I, I'm yeah. imagining like a mob of like, you know, people in turtlenecks and, and like, yeah. uh, you know, hipsters <laughs> and yuppies showing up for, uh, you know, like, uh, but uh, that's just me. I'm, he uh, showed footage of the doorbell there, like, like I said. So he's got people threatening him on his doorstep. And he says that neighbors like to tease him that he's the neighborhood iPhone thief. <laughs> but, but in all seriousness, no, he, he says that he does not go out and steal phones. <laughs> he, he does, this, this would be exactly what someone who steals phones would tell yeah. people, though. You know? Well, so yeah, you know, yeah. Um, but I, I guess I guess what we're trying to do is do a public service and trying to clear his name. I guess right. <laughs> it's pretty funny. I don't know. I, I'm <laughs> laughing at it. Um, now he does have two young kids, and he's worried that the situation could be dangerous if it's not resolved. Yeah. If it sends the wrong person to his house, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Luckily, the kind of people who buy iPhones are I don't think are the kind to you know cause. But anyway, I'm just kidding. I'm, I, look, here here is uh, we've got Scott Schuster actually explaining what has been happening at his house and some ring camera audio from angry people at his door. Uh -huh. I had to wake up and go answer the door and explain to them that I don't have their device and uh, people don't tend to believe you. Well, the cops are on their way over here, so you may want to come talk to me before they come here. There's plenty of irrational people in the world that if they're angry, if they're drunk, if they you know, have had a rough night and they lost their phone and thought it was stolen, that's my biggest concern. Someone coming to the house, potentially with a weapon. Now, a Apple hasn't commented on the situation. Um, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not a tech guy, but my, my rough understanding is that Apple, you know, can, they can locate items even offline because Apple products are able to ping each other. Right. Kind of like cell phone tower pinging, if you will. And and uh, if that's the case, maybe one of Scott's neighbors, the, the ones that joke with him about it, is the actual neighborhood thief. <laughs> and the stolen stuff is just pinging Scott's iPhone. Oh. Probably not, but that's you know that's my best hunch. Uh, that or Scott has a vengeful ex who works for Apple. Oh yeah, that, that, that could be, if that's the case, that could be the next stupid story that ends up on this podcast.
you know. Yeah, so I could just imagine if that was if he had an ex working at Apple and sending all these people to his house looking for their iPhone, that would be brilliant. That would be a brilliant thing, you know. But but honestly, the the stories we've had in the past about you know angry exes trying to get even with their former lover or former wife or spouse or husband, you know, I mean, we could probably do a special episode just of stories like that, you know, but. Oh, Here's sure. a, yeah, but and 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 but you know, and some of them are, some of them are petty, some of them are stupid. This is ridiculous. Here, where a 44-year-old man from Maryland is now facing multiple years in prison because he bombarded his ex with nonstop calls last year. And when I say bombarded, I think that's about as good of an adjective as I can think of. His name is Derek Bowers. He called his ex over a two-day period, 815 times. What? <laughs> okay. Yes, 48 hours, right. So that's like 17 times an hour or once every three and a half minutes and he didn't sleep at all. Now that's stupid, <laughs> okay? Okay, I mean, know. yeah, th th this guy could, could probably make bank using his phone ten tenacity to score people Taylor Swift tickets, you know? I mean, if he was ca calling in at a radio station, he could he could pretty much win every contest they did. But look, this is not all, okay? Derek also sent his ex thousands of texts and Facebook messages over a few months and oh, used God. social media posts to call her out and embarrass her. So this is like, I guess, a form of doxing, you might say. So sounds like sounds like Derek could probably use a job, you know, or maybe a... <laughs> Maybe a hobby, but well, I guess that's going to have to wait <clears throat> because he got himself arrested and got charged with cyber stalking. And now he's uh, looking at mm, maybe up to five years in prison. So there you go. 800 calls plus texts and Facebook messages. That's pretty wild, frankly. I mean, uh, the, the guy is somehow on his phone more than a teenage girl. <laughs> You know, after, uh, oh, after I, he he kind of seems like like maybe it's three teenage girls in a in a trench coat stacked on top of one another. Pretty much, you know. Maybe yeah. after prison, he can star in a Wedding Crasher sequel. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, he he can be the next version of a stage five clinger. <laughs> uh, this is basically like a resume for him at this point. That <laughs> 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 I, I can't imagine calling someone. What, what was it? Eight hundred and fifteen times in two yeah. days. Yeah, um, yeah. What and these weren't just crazy. Yeah, these weren't even prank phone calls. These were just downright harassment. Oh, I know. This guy sounds desperate. Um, but okay, well, okay. I, I guess we'll we'll see and have a competition here. Who found the the most stupid criminal of the week? Um, yeah. Okay. All right. So you got a guy. Who who bombards their their ex with thousands of texts and calls within the span of just days more more than what is I think really humanly possible. Um, oh yeah, I've got one here uh, of a YouTuber trying to get some clicks or views. Okay, okay, and uh, it, it hor goes horribly wrong. I, I guess this is like the, what the title of the YouTube video probably is because you know <laughs> they they always got to make it a little bit um uh you know over the top and embellished. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. See, so they get you to kind of click on it, right? Kind of like a clickbait, clickbait. I guess. exactly. Um, so here's my my suggestion: maybe don't prank people the day after April Fools. Um, <laughs> you know, and that's just, I'm just saying, because uh, one day is enough. 
Yeah. This is, this is a 21 year old YouTuber named Tanner Cook, who's lucky to be alive after he pranked a random guy at a mall in Virginia, oh. and the guy shot him. Oh, like with a gun. Um, wow. It, it's not. It's not clear what the prank was, but Tanner says it was a simple, practical joke. He has a YouTube channel where he does stuff like asking women to play Naked Twister and pretending to puke on Uber drivers. <laughs> he, so, you know, this is the kind of quality content you could expect. Um, yeah. And of uh, course, his try, are going to go it, after this as they try to well, see him get shot for doing some of these, I guess. I don't know. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Pretending to puke on Uber drivers. Is that a simple, practical joke? I wonder. Uh, you know, yeah, I don't know. Um, and, and like what what kind of, uh, you know, what do you puke up if you're pretending uh, to? Either yeah. way, it can't be pleasant. Um, well, he was filming a video at a mall in northern Virginia, just the side of D.C. And he approached a 31-year-old guy named Alan Collins in the food court. Alan obviously didn't find the prank funny because he pulled out a handgun and shot Tanner in the stomach. The the bullet pierced his liver and paramedics got him to a hospital. He had surgery and it sounds like he'll be okay. We've actually got audio of Tanner's father talking about his son allegedly being shot. I love how they have to say allegedly being shot at this point. You know, there's we got a picture of him in the hospital. Uh, His liver has got a hole in it, but it's alleged. I guess he right. was allegedly shot by Alan Cawley while filming, and that's what he got. But here, here's his father talking about the situation. You know, it's just like surreal. And I believe that God saved my son's life and that he could have very easily died. And that's not the outcome and that God has plans for my son. And they were making that video in the mall and trying to have fun with people. And this guy wasn't having fun and they were interviewing him or talking to him and he didn't like it and pulled the gun out and shot my son. Now, Alan is now in jail. Uh, he's facing charges for aggravated malicious wounding. I, I've, I've never heard of that one before. Neither have I. Malicious wounding. Yeah. Um, and that use of a firearm during a felony and discharging a gun inside a building. So he got the we, charge of aggravated malicious wounding because you have a YouTuber doing some malicious pranking. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I, I guess this guy kind of knew that, you know, if he shows up on a YouTube video being pranked like that, then he's never going to live, live it down. So, you know, at this point, it's about honor, you know, and being able to live the rest of your life, not being mocked and made fun of um, in jail, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but I would say, you know, shooting is extreme, but maybe some people don't want to be recorded during their personal time and mm-hmm. have a post on YouTube where they don't get like a share of the money. Yeah. Um, you know, the annoying YouTuber gets it all. Yeah. That and YouTube, I guess, himself. Uh, but he messed with, with the wrong guy, uh, this prankster, who he, he wants a camera stuck in their face while shopping. Or who wants a camera stuck in their face while, while shopping, eating in a food court? You know, I think malls and stores don't really allow TV or radio professionals to record or broadcast there without prior permission. That's, that's true. That and makes sense. Yeah, and, and imagine you, you're just sitting there minding your own business in the food court and some moron comes and sticks a camera in your face and tries to prank you. Yeah, I you know, I, I will say I don't think my reaction would be to shoot him. No. Uh, but, you know, uh, it's just me, I guess. But then again, you know, here's the weird thing about it. that uh, How do you know that this guy was shooting a YouTube video and doing a prank? How do you know, how do you know that this guy may be somehow trying to assault you? You know, yeah, and, true. I guess you know. I, I'm really curious about what this prank was now. Like, what is the prank that got someone shot? 
Yeah, because you hear about mall shootings all the time, you know, and you don't know whether this guy was going to do something that could initiate a mall shooting and the guy just maybe acted first. Maybe we need more people pranking others at the mall. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. It's I don't know. It's a strange world we live in. I mean, it's 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 crazy. I, you know, of course, here's the, the the thing that surprised me the most out of this whole thing. There's actually a mall that's still open with a functioning <laughs> food court. I know, right? I haven't been to a mall in so long. <laughs> You know, like I'm like, that must be like the only mall in America that has something like that going on. You know, I mean, oh, my gosh. Well, I'm sure there's going to be more to this story later on. So definitely got to keep my eyes peeled on uh, where this leads up. But oh, yeah, I, I, I want to see the video if he was filming. I, I want to see the video of this happen. Yeah, well, we'll probably have to we, we might get to see the video after the FBI has been able to kind of go over it a few times. I know, right? After they you edit know? it. And I'm just kidding. I'm not going to. Um... <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, I, I've got some Ask Poncho questions here that is seeking your sage wisdom here. And um, maybe you can lend a little um discernment or knowledge on on some of these uh, things that people are asking about. We've got Clementine, who apparently has got long hair. Now, I mean, I've got long hair, and I can identify with part of her problem. My wife does not like cleaning hair out of the drain. It it, it activates her gag reflex. So basically... I, I think it's like a woman thing in general, because my wife's the same way, and she's got long, kind of long yeah. curly hair. Right. So... So, yeah, I can identify with Clementine here. So what she's asking, she says she has really long hair. She goes, my hair is the thing about me that gets the most compliments. Yes, I'm, I'm maintaining long hair can be a real pain in the butt. I love it, though. The biggest obstacle is I'm constantly clogging my bathtub and bathroom sink. It's so annoying and gross. And I'm probably ruining the plumbing in my house, which I can't afford to fix. So should I chop off my hair? It's been so long since I haven't had long hair. I'm scared. So I don't know. You 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 don't like cleaning it out of the drains, but you like your long hair. So what does Clementine do? Oh, you keep the long hair. It, long hair is great. I think it's beautiful. And if you get compliments on that, then that means you've got great long hair. Uh, which most most people, if it's long, it looks good anyways. I I like that. I like when Mrs. Poncho her hair is usually really long, almost. Depending, she cuts it shorter and then doesn't cut it for like almost two years. And so wow. it kind of varies between like, you know, below the shoulders down to like butt sometimes and then kind oh, of chops wow. it up, yeah. uh, depending on how long it's been. But, you know, if you got curly hair, you know, if it's too long, it's not going to curl as much. It's going to weigh down. But what you need, and this is amazing, I, I, I found this out because we used to have the same problem. Uh, because of this, our drains would clog up and, and we'd have to like a Drano and things. And it, like a, a bottle of Drano isn't even going to do the job, right? You know, no. to get all the hair out. And it's going to cost you like five bucks or something, you know, every right, time. Right. You can go get it. We, we got a, uh, this is a guy at Home Depot told us about this. He's like, oh, just go grab one of these. Uh, and he gives it to us. It's like two bucks. It's just this hmm. plastic little snake that kind of goes down. It's got a little handle. You can kind of yeah. put a finger through. Um, like a hoop at the end, and it's just got like a, a straight. Th think of it like a very like a thin. Um, uh, what is it? They, like a, a sword shark or swordfish kind of like uh, you know. Okay. Thing. It's got prongs on the sides that kind of hook back. So you yeah. just kind of put it down the drain, and then you pull it up, 
and it just grabs all the hair out with it. Now it's a little gross, you know, it's like, you're not going to feel good taking it out per se, right. if you get grossed right. out by that. But, um, you know, do that a couple of times. I mean, it, boom, all of it out. You're good. Do that every once in a while. If, if, if it makes you feel less bad, it does not take a long time. It's a plastic kind of piece that's flexible. So you could technically leave it in the shower and do it after every shower. It only takes a, a minute if that to, to, you know, pull it all well, out. That do makes you have you to take your hands and take it all off the hooks and stuff? Oh, yeah, you got to do that. Uh, even if it grossed you out that much, it's at least only two bucks, which is less than a bottle of Drano. So <laughs> that's true. You, you know, at that point, then you, if you want to pitch it, you don't, you're paying less still for it. I mean, we probably have to do it like once a month or something. It's not often. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, I even learned that because I've been growing my beard out and it's gotten pretty long. Uh, the sink was starting to get clogged up. Uh, you know, so not the bathtub, but the sink. Because yeah. my my beard hairs that were kind of coming off whenever I'm brushing and and yeah. kind of you know you know grooming all that and so uh, I've had to actually use that on my own beard hairs. Instead. Oh wow! But uh, well, yeah, so no, you, you got it, it's it's the way to go. I promise you. I know that there are little traps you can also probably go and buy at hardware stores to just trap it like, and you don't have to go and fish it out of the of the slimy drain drain pipe, you know. Um, what we have in our bathtub, it's like a, a little couple of little crossbars, you know, and that actually somehow it traps the hair and they just kind of hang on the little crossbars. So what I do, I have some needle nose pliers. I go in and just kind of pinch the hair out and it's still gross, but you know, you pull the slimy stuff out. And then I just, I don't even have to touch it. I just use the needle nose pliers and pull them out of the drain and, and kind of stuff them inside the, the, the trash, the wastebasket. So my oh, wife I mean, doesn't. You do that, you get some gloves or something. It's the same oh, as yeah. you just, you just got to take needle nose pliers and pluck it off the, the, like the, the snake. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. But my wife things. doesn't even want to see the hair in the wastebasket. So I've got to bury it under the toilet paper. <laughs> It's like such a, I think it's such a wife thing too, you know, like, it's the same way with that kind of stuff. All right. You know, and the funny thing is you've got longer hair than, than your wife too. So it, it's your hair. It's my it's hair. In there, right. Right. Exactly. Uh, Mrs. Poncho, I'm, I'm like, this is your hair. Why are you grossed out by your hair? Um, <laughs> I, I will say I don't get grossed out by it. Thankfully. I, I, it's, yeah. it's all, it's hair and, and like what conditioner and soap like. Right. Wash your hands afterwards. You're already in the bathroom. It's it's easy. I've got. Yeah. I've, there's a lot of dirtier jobs I've had to do than yeah, that. This so is true. This I'll, is I'll true. take it. Um, yeah. Well, I've got one more uh, ask Poncho here. Uh, so this is uh, Toby who says, "Help! I get overwhelmed very easily." Um, <laughs> that, I feel like that's a Toby, like a very Toby thing to come kind of say. <laughs> okay. Well. Uh, Look, he goes into, he says, I'm in my late 20s, and I used to be more of the type of guy to just dive into things with enthusiasm. But now, daunting tasks seem, well, daunting. Hmm. Uh, I, I can't help but wonder if this is the natural way of things as you get older, or if this is a symptom of the pandemic. How hmm. do I get back to the way I used to be um, when it comes to hitting the ground running? Uh, well, you know, the thing about like those kind of things is you have to just you have to hit the ground running to be able to get back to running. That's like that. Mm. Um, I, I, you definitely shouldn't blame it on the pandemic. I, I think a lot of people. Yes, that, that probably have, has played a role. But guess what? 
it's 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 your fault you can't you can blame it on the <laughs> pandemic but you're the one that is responsible regardless for your actions and stuff um i i didn't stop going just because the pandemic started i i did a lot of house projects uh you know uh learned how to build closets uh you know especially even if i spent more time at home there was plenty of stuff to learn in the yard and, and uh you know you could still work a job like that and so you just got to keep keep doing that and force yourself to get out and, and so you know, if you're going to be living uh, in fear, you know, because yeah. you don't want to go out and try something new or you're afraid to go out and get sick, you're in your 20s. You're good. OK. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, you just got to get out and do it. And, and and there's something to be said about faking confidence and just going in with it and, and oh, yeah. getting confidence through faking it. Um, oh, yeah. But the best best way to get confidence is to do stuff once you've done well, it, you know, even if you mess up along the way, but you figure it out and you get it done and get your car fixed or whatever. You're here's doing, here's the thing, fixed. too. Now, do you you might find as you get older that do you you think you might get more? You let things overwhelm you more the older you get and you have to keep trying harder to, you know, put that first, first foot forward. I, I, you know, I guess like to a certain degree, some things might overwhelm me a little bit more because I've got more things going on. Well, like for but instance, a case in point, you know, you know, used to, yeah, but used to, you know, traffic wouldn't overwhelm you, but now you have a three-year-old that might dart out into traffic. And so now traffic might be a bit more overwhelming to you because of something else. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I guess that's true. I, the things that overwhelm me is like work or projects around the house. And, and like once you do a project and learn how to do something, you know, like guess what? You you got a, a leak in your sink and you're like, mm -hmm. oh, gosh, the house falling apart, this. And then you figure out how to fix a leak in your sink and it takes you 30 minutes. Yeah. Next time you get a leak in that sink or another one and you're like, hey, 10 minute fix. Boom, I got this. I know exactly what yeah. to do and I've already got the tool. There you and, go. and so most of the things I've learned, like it's not overwhelming anymore because I've, you know, if you've stopped doing everything for for two or three years, yeah. then you haven't built any new knowledge, you know, that, that, that and so you kind of got this built up of, of a list of things in your mind that need to get done or that, that you could have been learning and, and, and building a skill in yourself that hasn't happened. True. Um, and so, so like I get like, you know, it's a, kids are overwhelming sometimes. That's where I get overwhelmed and balancing like work where that could be very mentally taxing, taking on new tasks all the time at work. Mm. And then you go home and or get back off the, the computer and boom, you got kids throwing tantrums depending on the day. And that right. could be overwhelming to me. But, um, but uh, yeah. you know, you just kind of got to get in there and do it, not think about it. If you, yeah, that's it. If, well, if you allow yourself to put things off and put things off, it's only going to stress you out more. Well, I w the question is, you've been doing these insane games for so long. Have they not overwhelmed you yet? Oh, God. I, I've given up on uh, <laughs> on uh, most of those. <laughs> so, do you feel overwhelmed enough to uh, take on some more this week? <laughs> I feel pretty good today. I mean, look, I've got, I'm coming as a podcast with big deck energy today. So I think that <laughs> I'm in a great place for this. You can really get up close and personal by interacting with the podcast and get the real-time updates and a little of the uh, articles from the stupid stories that you hear when you join Insane Eric Lane's Stupid World Telegram channel. 
I'll be posting links to the stories that I read here on the episodes. You are able to read the actual articles, see the pictures, look at the videos, make comments about what you have actually seen or read or even heard about, and even share some of your own stupid stories with um, everybody in the community. Visit t.me slash insane Eric Lane. That's t.me slash insane E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E. And you get a preview of the channel, and there's also an opportunity to just download the, the Telegram Messenger right there from the preview channel right to your device, desktop, or mobile for Windows, Linux, Android, or Apple. And also you can interact with me as well on social media. Follow me at insane E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E on Facebook or Twitter or visit the website at InsaneEricLane.com. Use your big dead energy to power through some insane games what 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 does your big deck energy feel like taking on them this week well i think if we're going to talk about big deck energy then you got to start with porn star or weatherman <laughs> okay people <laughs> that have got the biggest deck of all i guess right <laughs> well let's see what we got here we've got some entertainers and they've got some pretty fascinating names okay uh and um you determine based upon the name, whether you think this person is a porn star or a weatherman. So the first big dick entertainer we have on deck is Rocco Reed. Rocco Reed. Uh, well, this is, oh gosh, with a name like Rocco, that's kind of old school, but Rocco Reed. Hmm. I, I'm going to say that that, oh gosh, I am getting porn star energy from this. You're getting porn star energy from that. Well, that's good. <laughs> Because he's a porn star. That's great. You know, and the funny thing is, the the guy that's the morning show on the competing radio station in the market I work at, his name is Rocco. Look at that. See? See? But I'm not sure if he has a side hustle doing porn star anything. You know, that's the only thing. But <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, uh, here's an entertainer whose name is Kevin Jeans. Kevin Jeans. Um, you know, well, I, I bet... The question is if you want to get into Kevin. Kevin's I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, Kevin Jeans. I'm going to say that's a weatherman. Yeah, in spite of the obvious. Yeah. yeah. Kevin Jeans is indeed a weatherman in Detroit. So that's good. Right. Well, here's a entertainer whose name is James Dean. James Dean. Oh gosh. Okay. Well, th this could easily be a stage name. I I'm going to say it's a porn star. Well, his last name is actually spelled D-E-E-N. Oh, that might make me change my answer, but I've already answered it. I think this guy is trying to get big deck energy from the OG big uh, deck energy. Yeah, well, the yeah. energy is uh, actually correct. He is a data porn star. Very good. You're, 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 um, you're feeling it tonight, man. This is good. All right. <laughs> I like this name. This entertainer goes by the name of Marcus Dupree. Marcus Dupree. This is fancy uh, with a name like Dupree. I'm, I'm going to say it's a weatherman. <laughs> it's real fancy indeed, too. But he's a fancy porn star. So maybe he's a French porn star. I should have known. Yeah. Marcus Dupree. Yeah. Ah. All right. Here's one for you. 
this uh, entertainer's name is Dallas Reigns. Dallas Reigns. Is this like a Texas weatherman? I, I see this <laughs> as like a Texas man. Uh, well, he's definitely a, uh, a weatherman, but he's in Los Angeles, California. But uh, that's good. So not bad. Four out of five for porn star bad. weatherman. Yeah. So. Maybe, That's they, good. maybe they could have called it Marcus, Marcus Dupree. That's good. All right. Well, what do you think should be on deck next? On deck. I'd like to be on my deck. Um, why don't yeah. we go to, um, uh, why don't we go to strip club or daycare? All right. We've got some businesses that you either tell me if the establishment is a strip club or a daycare. And you mentioned this kind of in passing, but uh, this particular business is called the OC in Ozark, Missouri. The OC. I said the OG, but the OC. Oh, the, well, yeah, right, right. It's the I, OC uh, in Ozark, Missouri. I don't know what OC stands for is the problem. I, I think that it's going to be a strip club. You're just going to take a wild shot. At, 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 <laughs> turns out it's actually a daycare. What? So, what? The OC, okay. Well, I'm not sure what the OC would mean, but apparently it means a daycare in Ozark, Missouri. So um, here's one in Boston, Massachusetts. It's called the Glass Slipper. The Glass Slipper. Well, this is, oh gosh. Um, this is going to be Stripperella. It, it's going to be a strip club. Yes. And Cinderella could possibly show up there. You never know. It is a strip club. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's try this one for size then. In Charleston, South Carolina, this is called the Silver Slipper. Oh, goodness. Okay. So is this one of those like tricks, you know, um, Silver Slipper or the Glass Slipper? Um, silver Slipper. Oh, gosh. I just don't know. I'm going to say that this is another strip club. You're going to go for another strip club, huh? Well, <laughs> that would be club. correct. Yes. Two mm -hmm. Slipper Strippers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. In Galveston, Texas, we've got a business called Shining Stars. Shining Stars. This is a, definitely a, a daycare. It's got that daycare ring to it, huh? Yeah. 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 Well, that's definitely ringing true. It's a daycare indeed. All right. All right. Here's the name we've heard many times before for a business in Forest Hills, Texas called All Stars. All Stars. Yeah. There's been a lot of these. Um, Okay, All Stars. Oh, this is always tough. You never know. I'm going to say it's a daycare, though. Yeah, from Shining Stars to All Stars. Yeah, they're both daycare. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So you uh, you were in the vibe on that one. Very, very good. All right. So um, what do you feel like up to next? Uh, let, let's let's pause some of the spiciness and go for some golf course or rehab. <laughs> okay. Well, you've been on a good roll. Maybe you can power through this and and you seem to be uh, you, you're on your game this week. So we've got some businesses here. You just tell me whether the name of the business could be a golf course or a rehab. Our first business is called Meadow Hills in Iowa Falls, Iowa. Meadow Hills in Iowa Falls, Iowa. Um, I'm going to say that that is a golf course. Nice meadows and nice hills and... Yes, a nice golf course indeed. Very good. All right. Here's one in Scottsdale, Arizona. It's called Desert Cove. Desert Cove. Um, in Arizona. Okay, this is where it gets tough because Arizona's got a lot of golf courses. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say it's a golf course. 
Yeah. With Scottsdale, Arizona, a lot of golfing in in, uh, in that town, too. And with Desert Cove, you'd almost think it was, but it's actually a rehab. Yes. A curveball right there. All right. Here's one. It's called Lake Panorama in Panora, Iowa. Lake Panorama. Um, I mean, this sounds like a great place for a rehab, right? Good yeah. view, so. Yeah, well, Lake Panorama in Panora, Iowa actually is a, uh, a golf course. Maybe that's because they put most of their balls into Lake Panorama. So, all right, well, here's one in Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. It's called Harpeth Hills. Harpeth Hills, what, what is that? <laughs> um, I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say it's a golf course. Yes, a golf course it is. And yes, Harpeth just sounds expensive to me. That's what it sounds like. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Here's a pretty straightforward name of a business in Southampton, New York called the dunes, the dunes. Um, I'm going to say golf course. Sand dunes. Huh. I mean. A lot of dunes to play golf on, but in this case, it's a rehab. Oh, of course. <laughs> so kind of a mixed bag on that one. So, well, what do you feel up to next? We've got, uh, I guess now what's left is just Steakhouse or Gay Bar, huh? Yeah, that's it. So let's see what we got here. We got five businesses. You tell me whether you think the business sounds like it might be a steakhouse or it could be a gay bar. And we've got one business called Sidekicks in Kansas City, Missouri. Sidekicks. Um, uh, oh, that's tough here. Kick. I, hmm. I'm going to say Sidekicks is a gay bar. Yeah, you bring your sidekick with you. It is a gay bar, yeah. absolutely. And you'll probably like a get a few kicks. Stand. Yeah, you'll uh, you'll probably get a few kicks in there too. You know, so. All right. Well, I like this. Um, this business is located in Holland, Michigan. It's called Crazy Horse. Crazy Horse um, in Michigan. I, I'm going to say crazy. As long as it's not crazy whores and you're just pronouncing it wrong, I think this is going to be a steakhouse. <laughs> well, that's true. It is a steakhouse. Exactly. I, I kind of think, though, Crazy Horse would sound better if it was in South Dakota. Yeah. Yeah. That's what made me think of, too. Yeah. So, all right. Here's one. Uh, it's called the Monte Carlo in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Oh, <laughs> uh, we've had some of this before. Okay. It's either the full Monte Carlo or it's not. But I, I think the last time we did this, this was not a um, a, a gay bar. I'm going to say it's a steakhouse. You're going to go for a steakhouse, huh? Yeah. That's exactly lesson. right. Very good. All right. Or it could be a Monte Cristo. I don't know. So, okay. Here's one in Chicago, Illinois. It's called Sidetrack. Sidetrack. Um, I think you get sidetracked at a gay bar. <laughs> well, yeah, if, if you went to Sidetrack in uh, Chicago, <clears throat> you'd be in a steakhouse. So, <laughs> so I, I, I would get sidetracked by a good steakhouse. That's for sure. I know that. All right. Uh, and now here's one. And this could go any direction. Uh, this is in Portland, Maine. It's called Blackstones. Blackstones. <laughs> Blackstones. Um, oh gosh, I am I allowed to answer this one? Um, <laughs> sure. Uh, I'm gonna say Blackstone. <laughs> Depends on what the stones are, but <laughs> I, I, I will say Blackstones might be referring to like charcoal, and I'm gonna say it's a steakhouse. Yeah, well, believe it or not, it actually is a gay bar. Uh, I, I had a feeling. <laughs> I don't know. 
It is actually a gay bar. So I think the Blackstones are, in fact, referring to what you think they might be referring to. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> okay. All right. So, well, that's I'd say you did pretty well on that, you know. But uh, we got our fake news or Florida uh, game now. And this is one that uh, you do a pretty good job. But I will warn you, um, I have um, done a few of my own headline picking on this this time. These are some headlines oh, I went looking you, for you do because a good job some yeah. of them are just beautiful. Okay. I got some headlines. You tell me whether or not these are totally fake or they actually took place in the state of Florida. All right. Your first headline, a St. Petersburg man was caught with his genitals out, said he was cleansing his spirit. <laughs> uh, cleansing his spirit. I, hmm. Caught with genitals out. I'm going to say that that is Florida. <laughs> they found him in the Arby's parking lot. <laughs> yep. You know what they said? They said about Arby's, we got, we got the meat. meat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Here's one. A Key West woman was charged with an assault after she attacked an Easter bunny who took a lunch break when her daughter was next in line for a photo. Oh, boy. Um, you know, I think that this is a little bit too timely for Easter stories coming out. So I'm going to say this is fake news. <laughs> you know, it could happen, though. I mean, yeah. News, though. That's good. <laughs> All right. Easter stories will hit next week, but it's a little That's too true. early. That's yeah. true. That's true. All right. Here's one. A Fort Myers man dressed as a pirate, was arrested for firing a musket at passing cars. F uh, firing a musket? Um, yes. Yeah, I, I mean, it's like the original BB gun, I guess, right? I'll, I'll say it's a Florida story. <laughs> uh, it know, actually is fake news, believe it or not. Um, how, can you but, imagine how loud that would be, I guess? But uh, that would be, that, that could happen. That honestly could seriously happen. I could, I could see it. All right. I mean, we got flamethrowers down here, apparently, so... That's true. This is true. So, all right. Well, here's a headline about a 20-year-old Pinellas County woman who was arrested for battery with a taco. Yeah, obviously that's Florida. We we have a way of, um, I guess, using assaulting people with food down here. Yeah, we Rome. Florida. Florida has a way of weaponizing food, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's a Florida story for sure. All right, and your last headline: a Brevard County woman hacked into a flight system and cleared planes with maintenance issues to fly. That that sounds too wild to not be true. I, I think it's Florida. <laughs> well, it is uh, wild enough to be true. Actually happened. That is crazy. <laughs> that, that makes me really feel confident to get a plane the next time. Right, I know. Tell me about it. I, uh, I, if they were even affordable to fly right now. Well, yeah, I'm waiting to see you know, uh, how many stories we're going to soon be getting on how many people are hacking into these uh, driverless cars. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, that, that can't be good. Yeah, absolutely. That, so, yeah, well, all right, man. Well, uh, here, uh, you enjoy your week ahead and uh, enjoy that deck. And uh, the, you'll have to have the full blow-by-blow uh, -blow, um, description of uh, little Poncho's big birthday party whenever it happens the next time. Oh, yeah. It won't be for another, like, two Saturdays. So Yeah. Well, we, oh, actually, it's Mrs. Poncho's. It's Are you going to do Mrs. Poncho's and, and Little Poncho's together? Wait, um, I mean, we just kind of, like, we celebrated our birthdays all together. 
kind of yeah. generally this is family but we've been like together we, we make a bigger deal for little poncho because it's, yeah it's got so we don't really get birthday parties anymore there's too many back to back and this well, is the eastern city yeah just the sugar so, oh. oh yeah 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 well then and of course we'll of course you already said you know this but we will all know whether uh, little Pancho will, what sibling he will be getting at his uh, birthday party That's too, right? That's right. Oh, you know, I, I guess I didn't want to tease it too much because I can't say it yet. But yeah, at the, that's why you're talking about the birthday party. Yeah. We'll reveal at the birthday party as part of the gift what um, for having a boy or girl for for the yes. next one here. Um, right. And I know a lot of people are are uh, you know if you talk to Mrs. Pancho, you'd have a much better chance of her accidentally spilling the beans for the promo. <laughs> <laughs> okay all right well may, just make sure she's not on the podcast in the future episodes i know right at least at least for the next week we um <laughs> we did find out though and uh you know baby's all good everything's going just fine um and so that's all good I, which I, I never worry about these things I, I think i don't know if every woman's like this but mrs poncho is always worried about that and well of course like, you'd ah. be worried about that she's the incubator yeah, I guess that's true, uh, but there's no reason to worry about it. Right? There's no like, there's nothing that indicates that something's wrong. Yeah, it's just like the assumption almost is like, oh no, something's going to be wrong, and, well, and yeah, so I don't know. So, so just to to to, to maybe throw up a a a flare as a test would would it be safe to say that you were uh, surprised or disappointed? I well, there there's there's no disappointment to be had okay. um because like there 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 is um there's an option that might involve more sweating i will say in the future if right that's all to say out there because i'm not going to give anything away this is what we always talked about before yeah. if we have a girl then any sweating about whether or not we'll have a girl and a boy at some point uh-huh. it goes away you're like great boom you know every future child does not matter if yeah. we have a boy then the pressure's on to have a girl next I say, but like, if, if we have a boy, like, if we're gonna have more than one boy and uh-huh. and eventually a girl, if we had a guarantee that the next would be a girl, we uh-huh. would rather the boys be back to back, so that way they've got someone closer in age to roughhouse with. So I say, so like, yeah. we see the value in both. Um, I think part of us would feel slightly more relieved if we have a girl, okay. because. We would just know for sure that, like, boom, we've got both settled. And and if we had the other, it wouldn't be like it wouldn't take away from any of the good stuff and the happiness with it. But right. we would just know, like, we are gonna really be hoping next time for for the one, um, you know. And, and so that that's more so the dynamic that we're working with. Okay. With it. So um, I think you now like, successfully. You know, I think you now successfully confused everybody that they have no idea what you're having now at all. So <laughs> but yeah, this, uh, the goal is to keep it that way for now until we get the reveal. With uh, well, because I uh, you'll tell everybody once you find out. I think so. What's going on, guys? It's Dan here. And are you someone that just can't seem to get enough insanity in your life? Well, I have some great news for you. If you tune into the Button Pusher Podcast, you'll get plenty of that and more. Give it a listen. The Button Pusher Podcast with Daniel Leslie. Check it out on Spotify. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast with a five-star rating because... 
I pick five star stupidity. If your review is stupid enough, I just may feature it on an upcoming episode. Rating and reviewing helps the podcast to show up prominently in searches uh, that you, you know folks are searching for stupidity anyway. And please, share the podcast on your social media so you're not stingy with your stupidity. And don't forget, click that subscribe button too so you don't miss any new stupid episodes. You can also avoid any annoying buffering whenever you're in crappy cell or Wi-Fi coverage by downloading each episode. And I recommend using the Podcast Addict app for optimum performance. It's free at your app store, but there are two types of paid versions as well. And by the way, I myself have already made one of the paid versions and still love it. This is just one of the two feeds that you get every week, of course. The midweek bonus episode features the Insane Week in Review, and the Genius Awards for the More Stupendous Stupidity is also included. The weekend episode always features Pancho Guero, my insane Florida nephew, where Pancho will also answer your questions with his sage wisdom. Ask Pancho about anything. Test your skills against Pancho with the Insane Game Show. And if you download the Telegram Messenger app, you can also join the Insane Eric Lane Stupid World channel. Read the articles from each of the episodes Stupidity. Comment about what you've read and share the articles with your friends. You can also post comments or suggestions about the podcast, too. So get a preview and a link to download Telegram Messenger at t.me slash Insane Eric Lane. That's t.me slash insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E. The app is available free in desktop or mobile versions for Windows, Linux, Android, or Apple. And don't forget, follow me using the handle at Insane Eric Lane on Facebook or Twitter and visit my website at InsaneEricLane.com. Insane Eric Lane's Stupid World is produced with the support from Mr. Laughs Comedy, Ad Large Media, Wise Brother Media, Universal Comedy Network, and the Pulse of Radio, United Stations Radio Network. Theme music, It's a Great Big Stupid World, is written and performed by Randy Stonehill. Copyright 1992, Stonehillian music, word music, Twitch and vibes music, and is available wherever you download music. The platform for the podcast is hosted by Anchor. Record your podcast as easy as talking on your phone. The editing and music library are all at your fingertips at anchor.fm. Download the app from your favorite app store. Hey, oh!